baby. Welcome back to the Talking Sports by the Most podcast, where we've got a full slate of a lot of great topics they're going to cover today. That's right. It's the last weekend of February, which means spring's around the corner, which means we're getting um, to college basketball season. For those of you that follow golf, we're kind of getting into the meat of that. And for those of you that love baseball, you're just not going to have anything to watch because we're still locked out. So, um, well, is like it just the MLB or is it like all levels of baseball? Yeah, just MLB. Yeah, so you have Triple A and down. Yeah, below. the Mudhens keep promoting. Reminder: we're still Friday. playing, even though the Tigers yeah. are. <laughs> so we'll see what ends up happening there. But it sounds like I think if they didn't make a decision by, I don't know, March fifth or something, they said the season definitely won't start. Because I think it's supposed to start like March 29th, the first yeah, regular it's, season it's game. The last so. couple of days of March is yeah. like the first. I mean, so we're so basically, we're basically a month away. Yeah, yeah so, so four weeks. If you're a baseball play. fan, we're not talking baseball until the lockout is over, folks. So anyway, so yeah, we got some great stuff. And we got to start. We're going to start with the NFL like we kind of always do, at least right now, because Aaron Rodgers' watch continues. I feel like we need some like special music next week, like doom doom. The next time we talk to Aaron Rodgers, because he is, um, he he put out this cryptic message Sunday night thanking everybody. I don't know. He called it his moment of gratitude or something, and then um, went on Pat McAfee's show on Monday or Tuesday, whatever day it was, and um, said that he is um, not making any announcements. So he kind of put something out there because he just wants attention. I think. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think he's grateful for anything. He's not a grateful human being. I um, he said that I never hated him before. I just don't like him anymore. I, I think he's becoming like a lot of athletes and a bunch of just bunch of babies. Yeah, he um, professional athletes. I guess he apologized for his COVID thing, so he's like trying to walk that back oh, now. Oh jeez. Um, and he's immu- immunized. <laughs> yeah, so he walked that back. He um. Went on to um, say that he did, like, a 30-day cleanse or something. And um, so, like, at the end, he was meditating. Or what does he mean by thing. a cleanse? Ah, uh, they were talking about it on another talk show the other day. Like, like mentally or, like, physically? Like, everything. Like, he, you know, only drank liquids for, oh, really? like, a week or two or three weeks or something like that. To, yeah. So, he's, um, he, so, he just had his moment of gratitude at the end. So, he mm. thought he'd write that. He was in the right, my, right in mind. That's how he was. Yeah. So, he put out that message and everybody thought, uh-oh, he's going on McAfee show and this is it. This is the big announcement and basically nothing. And nothing's going on really in the NFL in terms of um, any really, you know, obviously we know they don't instantly just put somebody on, you know, a certain list or whatever, but. Um, it's, this week's kind of been quiet and you wonder when the dominoes are going to start to fall, but, um, no news with him, no news with anybody else from the Packers. So, um, I don't know. He did say that he has a great relationship with all those guys and, um, he's never felt more comfortable. So maybe, maybe he's sitting up. I, I just can't imagine him leaving the Packers and thinking he doesn't, I mean, where else besides green Bay, like we talked about last week in that division, is he automatically going to, number one, he wins. The minute he says he's coming back to Green Bay, yeah. he already won the division. Um, so he's going to win the division in the next couple of weeks if he comes back. Uh, you'd be crazy to go anywhere else. Why would you go anywhere else? I don't know. And I just makes a lot of decisions that I don't think make sense. So there are a lot of athletes, and he's definitely over the top of the list right now, and him and Phil. Yeah, so the Aaron Rodgers watch continues. It's going to be cute. I have to imagine it's going to go for quite a while longer. Yeah, well, he says in the next month he's going to make it. Yeah, I was going to say probably another month. 
I was thinking. And obviously he has to as we get closer to the draft at the end of April. And obviously we're going to figure out who's being franchise tag and some free agents and how he's got to rework some contracts. But, I mean, he's he did, you know, speak out for the rest of his teammates, what he'd like to see done. And it's it's obvious. He's either going to get his way or, I mean, number one, in order for them to get what they want, he's going to have to take a pay cut yeah. and um, restructure something in order to get and keep the team that he has. So it's going to be interesting to see how it all comes along. And, you know, since he had this reawakening of some sort, maybe, boom. Yeah. I don't know. But, you know, another topic that I thought was interesting, and I wonder what your take is, I heard Mike Tomlin say that um, if the season started today for Pittsburgh, Mason Rudolph would be their starting quarterback. I mean, mm. that's tasty. Does he, does he really think that they can win with Mason Rudolph? There's a lot of Pittsburgh Steelers fans out there. Maybe some who are you might as well just start a receiver. Have <laughs> De- sign Debo Samuel and have him just be your quarterback. Gosh, I just am like, I, there's so they would be this. They would be the most pro offense ever. Like, like play action, like. Um, play action and, and uh, all that type of stuff. I mean, it would just be eye formation. I mean, that would be the most basic offense in the history of ever. I don't know. They'd be, they'd be running like the wing T. They'd be coming out in 1950s offense. They'd be running the Army offense. You know, just swing left, swing right. You know, I mean, they would have to just be tricky with it because, I mean, he's terrible. I mean, not, I mean, he, yeah, he's terrible. There's no other way so to say that. So the bottom line is they must be thinking of um, – drafting some sort of quarterback. There's a floor and there's no ceiling with that guy. Yeah, it's just amazing. I thought that was an <laughs> The ceiling and the floor are pretty yeah. much right, identical <laughs> or right next to each other. Yeah, don't stand up in that place. But <laughs> I don't know. It's it's amazing. And uh, Pittsburgh being such a storied franchise, to really think they would go into a season with Mason Rudolph as they're starting. I don't know why they wouldn't make a move to get somebody else. I can't believe there's not somebody that they couldn't get. Yeah, I don't know. So I just I mean, that. there's quarterbacks left and right. No. I mean, you look left or right in public, there's probably an, a guy that could be playing in the NFL. Yeah. Better than and Mason Rudolph. I don't know. I just saw that on the when they, they hired Brian Flores and, of course, in the interview. He was lucky to have his job this long over there. He's been there for four or five years, I feel yeah, like. especially with the incident that happened with Cleveland and everything. So, yeah, that was a couple years ago. It, it is amazing. Still, so. It's still there. And I mean, I don't know. I just can't believe that it's it's pretty unbelievable. Who they should get? Who? They could get Colin Kaepernick. I mean, he'd I be better. Absolutely, no question about that. Than, than I don't care have. if he hasn't played in five years or however long, yeah. six years, seven it's years, whatever. Unbelievable. He'd I, be immensely better. Even Teddy Bridgewater. I mean, he'd be better. They, they, I guess. Or they could get Drew Lock. Drew Lock isn't going to be worth much right now. Uh, he turns it over a ton, but so is Mason Rudolph. Yeah. At least, at least Drew Lock has the ability to make plays. Mason Rudolph don't have the ability to make those plays. Yeah, I don't know. I just, I, I for a man that is as great of an NFL coach as he is. To just again really think you're gonna, I can't believe he would think he'd yeah. win, but maybe so, I don't thinks, know. Maybe that was just him talking. Like I said, they obviously have maybe something in the works too, so that's interesting. He the biggest hope. news of the week, though, probably in the NFL, were uh, that had nothing to do with actually playing the NFL, but was watching the NFL. They got all sorts of interesting thoughts out there. Um, Sean McVay. Apparently, last night had to finally release a statement that he's going to stick with the Rams because I guess he got offered a, a position to go and announce NFL games. I mean, can you imagine? Mm-hmm. I mean, I forget Could you imagine being, dude, being 36 and <laughs> <laughs> you should, you could be retiring? I mean, I would do it, though. I mean, he won a Super Bowl. Yeah. He don't have to ever worry about money again. Well, he's proven that he's a good coach. How I mean, nice of a gig would that be? How much he's done in his short time he's proven that he's a good coach yeah. his second Super Bowl he's been to he's won one now uh, he's 
obviously he's proven. I think everyone would say he's obviously a pretty good coach. Yeah. So and the, being a 36 or whatever he is. So we'll see what happens, but he has announced he is coming back last night and he's not going to do announcing. There are going to be some switches. I guess ESPN's trying to get Joe Buck and Troy Aikman. Sounds like they've locked up Troy Aikman. And um, now Fox is trying to get um, the former New Orleans Saints coach, Sean Payton, to um, take over with Joe Buck. But Joe Buck may be on his way out. But Joe Buck loves baseball, probably won't leave um, the World Series for that, which is on Fox. So. That that was the biggest news of the week in the NFL is who who's going to be announcing the games. Yeah, um, it wasn't even the players. It yeah, was the announcers. So, I don't know. Maybe. Um, well, I mean, like I said, it was a quiet week. Pretty soon, all those dominoes are going to start to fall as the franchise tags get put on over the next week or two. But right now, I guess the big thing is they're reworking some contracts, seeing if guys will take a little less, take a little more, where that goes. Um, so that'll be interesting to see. So, anyways. Um, so what we were going to do as we build up for the NFL draft, we want to talk every week. We're going to take some positions in the NFL about who we think are the NFL's best quarterbacks out there. And again, we're just talking best quarterbacks. If you had to start a franchise, who would you take? And and we kind of looked at it a little differently. I'm, I kind of took mine and broke it into the AFC and NFC. And I'm going to be honest with you. I, I just want to name these, these quarterbacks and, and you listen and you tell me, which ones are the better? I, I broke mine again by the AFC. And in the AFC, I, I have Mahomes, Allen, Burrow, Herbert, and Jackson. And in the NFC, I have Rogers, Stafford, Prescott, Murray, and Wilson. I feel like when I look at that list, the drop-off from the AFC to the NFC is absolutely amazing. Mm-hmm. I mean, and, and we don't even know if Rogers is going to stick around in the NFC. We got Stafford, who's living a high after winning the Super Bowl. And then you got Prescott, Murray, Prescott. I mean, we already know we're not. Remember, we don't mention that team's name here on the podcast. We know that franchise. He's not going to have all his wide receivers once free agency hits and the salary cap. And you got Kyler Murray that is obviously not a happy camper. And then you got Russell Wilson, who everyone says can't stay at Seattle anymore because that that franchise got has to rebuild. The NFC really is a hot mess when it comes to quarterbacks. And then you look at the AFC, and you got Patrick Mahomes, who him and Allen are probably 1A and 1B. And you got Burrow. We already talked about him at length for the past couple of podcasts. And you got Justin Herbert, that may be the best of them all one day as time goes on. Yeah, I think, I think with his with the, the Chargers, I think they got obviously a young coach, and that I mean, he's going to be good. Yeah, and then obviously Lamar Jackson. I mean, how do you not put him at the top? So somewhere up there. So. It's absolutely amazing as we those, those he are had a little bit of a down year. Yeah, he had a down year. I mean, there's so down year, but like I guess disappointing. Yeah, I think he's still a, still underwhelming as a quarterback trying to figure out. Um, obviously, they need to surround him with some um, obviously some wide receivers, and hopefully, no one gets injured um, and he'll be all right. But yeah, so those are my top ten quarterbacks. Who do you got in your list as your top five? So. I went just NFL in general. Um, my number one is a guy that retired. So, um, and I don't know what it is about Tom Brady. I don't know if he's really more talented or it just seems like he always wins. And obviously a guy that has been in the NFL for 20 years is something that usually makes pretty smart decisions and doesn't really let any situation kind of get the best of him. Um, and then I have Mahomes uh, and Stafford and then Allen and then Herbert. Um, I'm a Lamar Jackson fan, but I don't really think he deserves to be in the top five, especially with those guys. I and mean, you got some 
You've got some yeah, good quarterbacks. Well, when you rank it the way you did in total versus me breaking up by conference, I agree. I think Lamar is a dynamic playmaker, but I don't know still, and I know people hate when we have this conversation, I don't think he's shown yet with his arm that he is in the same ranks yeah. as these players. I'll take his footwork, don't get me wrong, his running ability, but yeah. hell, we just watched Mahomes and Allen. I mean, talk about footwork. Mm-hmm. Those guys can get away from anything. Mm-hmm. So, you know, yeah, make I, that look like it's their job to get yeah. away from D linemen. So it's it's you know, it's one of those things that God, there's some great talent out there. Now the question is, in what I think is a weak quarterback class coming out. Are there really yeah. any good quarterbacks? And we'll I talk about really the draft in the next month or two, some, you know, odd guys. But, um, I mean, these these five that you mentioned, the total and ten that I said, are probably the top ten names in quarterbacks in the NFL. There's there's a lot of people out there still who, I mean, got got a lot to prove, I think. Mm-hmm. I, it's going to be interesting. I mean, well, I left off was Aaron Rodgers, too. Yeah. <laughs> and you got, uh, I was watching, I see Jameis Winston's working out hard. He's supposed to be coming back. I mean, again, there's there's a lot of, yeah. A lot of guys out there who would be interesting to see how it all. I mean, what what are the Tampa Bay Buccaneers going to do? I have no idea. Who in they who who in the right mind? I don't know. I mean, is Jimmy G going to go there? Everyone says he's going to go to Washington. I mean, it's crazy. The Commanders, yeah, the Commanders. They command could, Jimmy G. He could be there, so that's going to be interesting. Commander in chief of the Commanders. Yeah, but if you had to right now, if you were starting your own NFL franchise, and you had to start with one quarterback, who would that quarterback be? Hmm. I don't know if I'm being biased because he was my fantasy football quarterback, but I love Josh Allen. Okay. I think he's just tremendous. And I think he showed that down the stretch in the playoffs. And I don't know what to say about their offense. I feel like sometimes it's a pretty right. stagnant offense. But, I mean, he's the, he's the pulse. Gotcha. Yeah, so, I don't know. I don't know if I would pick Josh Allen would be the guy I would root for, but I don't know. I, uh, it's just an interesting question. I think and maybe, and maybe it's just because I watched more of him than I did other quarterbacks, just because I was trying to see how he was doing, and right. or maybe not watch, but like followed more. And I mean, it just seemed like every week he was just phenomenal for me. I mean, he was—I don't know where he ranked in the end of the season for um, like points for fantasy, but he was, I think, in the top five without question. Right. I mean, he just has that running ability, and maybe that's what makes it a little biased because he can run and get so many rack up so many points when he rushes for a touchdown. I mean, if he gets a ten yard run, I mean, you get six points for the touchdown and ten, ten a point for ten yards, you get seven points right there. So I mean, it's just, and he seemed to have got a couple games where he just like kind of had like a run, uh, uh, like one touchdown or two, and then he had like six or seventy yards, and that's like already like twelve points. And then he throws for three hundred, and then like another two touchdowns. So. I still like to see the Buffalo Bills. Get another. I mean, their offense is definitely definitely could use one more tool. I don't know what that tool needs to be, but uh, I'll tell you what: if they could get a guy like a Garrett Wilson, I mean, obviously I'm an Ohio State fan. I think him and Chris Olave, great wide receivers. If they could get one more guy who just is always there, I think that offense would would be hacked. Oh yeah, I agree. I mean, they have Stephon Diggs. Yeah, I know. I'm just saying. I'm saying like they don't have that like list, like that trio or even duo. Because they don't have, I mean, they have solid receivers, but Stephon Diggs is the guy that yeah. leads the leads, leads, leads the pack, and it's not more, really a question. One more wide receiver, yeah. it's a rookie out there that can kind of build yeah. from there. So well, I don't think you need to have a tremendous receiver. 
I think Josh Allen's a good enough quarterback to make those guys good receivers, but I do think I agree with you. Like they, they could definitely use one more tool, and that I think that that would definitely elevate them to maybe be the best right. in the AFC. They definitely ran the ball better this, especially towards yeah. the end of the year. Well, I think it's because they really started. To, I mean, Josh Allen was throwing for 300 yards a game. It felt like every right. every game, and I think that just opens up the run game, and then he also can run it. And I mean, it's just I, mean, I feel like I feel like they just rode him a lot i mean he had so many uh yards every game and his i mean just fantasy wise he just had so many points for me for a while other than that one game against the uh, patriots uh that was about yeah, the only time well, i could think of where he like kind of let me down but yeah, yeah i mean he had, i had a really good season and i think do just about anything i think he's gonna come back even more hungry after the way i ended this year i just think though and that's the reason i broke my list to the afc and the nfc it just shows Again, you the difference in the problem is Josh <laughs> Josh Allen's got to play Mahomes, Burrow, yeah, yeah, Herbert, yeah. Jackson if he's going to make it to the Super Bowl. And yeah. I'm going to be honest with you, either of those guys, Mahomes can win you a game by himself. Mm-hmm. Burrow shows you he can basically win the game by himself. Mm-hmm. Herbert can throw the ball all over the field. Well, yeah, I mean those those five guys right there, you already know can win a game yeah. by themselves. I mean, you put Josh. You can't Allen. say that about. <laughs> Three out of five on that list without question. I mean, you put Josh Allen on, on a team in the NFC, and they're probably guaranteed to go to the Super Bowl. Yeah. The problem is he's got the, the names that he's got to go up against. This yeah. is pretty interesting. So we're going to take a look at different positions, talk about the best players uh, week by week. This was the quarterback week. So I think other than that, that kind of wraps up the NFL, which probably the quietest week in a long time in the NFL. So that yeah. means some actions probably due to come this week. <laughs> yeah. yeah, when you when you got to double down next yeah. week. We'll see what happens. There'll be a lot of drama next week or in the next couple weeks, I'm sure. So for and then the draft, and draft's only two months away now, too. Yeah, so we'll build up to who then is going to probably, like we talked about some, probably I don't think a very stacked draft in terms of quarterback yeah it's a pretty it's weird you know the names will start to draw. pop up that and you'll be like oh really that you really gonna put all your trust in the franchise and some of these quarterback names so yeah. we'll, we'll we'll dive into that as the month goes on um so the next topic that we're getting to and we talked a little bit about last week now everyone out there is probably not understanding this whole golf thing still but we got to talk golf because we golf is the whole Phil Mickelson thing and the Saudi tour we talked about this last week we went kind of try to explain it to everybody what's going on this this the Saudi government's trying to start its own tour. Um, for those of you that don't know, in Saudi Arabia and those countries, when they have tournaments on the European tour, they can pay players to show up. And the PGA tour, they can't do that. And the Saudi government, United Arab Emirates, they've always had these tournaments in the Middle East, kind of in January time frame, and um, they pay the players unbelievable money. So mm-hmm. they just had a tournament there in Saudi Arabia. A lot of big-name players went and played there and skipped the um, Pebble Beach Pro-Am. And, of course, people are like, you know, the sponsors of the PGA Tour get kind of ruined because the big names go over there because they're guaranteed millions. And we're talking millions of dollars just to show up. Mm -hmm. We're not even talking what they win. And apparently behind the scenes for the last few months, there's been some sort of um, coup trying to develop. And and they managed to get a former golfer, Greg Norman, who – was a great golfer at one time. Um, it's kind of known as Mr. Choke when it comes to certain things, or I guess there's a big ESPN 30 for 30 out there coming out about the shark and his life and mm-hmm. his demise at the Masters a few times. Um, I did I, see his letter. He wrote that letter to yeah, he's, Jay. Yeah, well, he's, he's not happy. And um, over the past few weeks, all the PGA Tour players have come out and, and reclaimed that they're, they're sticking with the PGA Tour. 
and um, Phil Mickelson, it sounds like courted some golfers. Sounds like he probably had them on his team. And now, slowly but surely, they all backed off, and he kind of was the last man standing. Mm-hmm. And he's 50-some years old. He play, should be playing on the Champions Tour. Not that he can't play on the PGA Tour, but, you know, if you're trying to build a golf league, you want the best names in golf, mm-hmm. and Phil Mickelson probably is not that. He may be one of the most well-known names. Yeah, um, but as time goes on, I mean, he's kind of riding off into the sunset of his career. Yeah. So, um the big names have come out and say they're sticking around. Sound like he had a few golfers, though, right on his doorstep saying that he would. And now what's happened is he put out an apology. And for some reason, these pro athletes have no idea how to write an apology letter. Um, basically apologized, but didn't apologize. Or it maybe through sorry, more... Sorry, Yeah, through more... Salt in the wounds. Yeah, through more daggers um, in, in the apologies. Like, he apologized to the Saudi government, but yet in a podcast that he said was well in a discussion that was off the record according to him which it wasn't you know he talked about the saudi regime killing people and you know he's what he, he called them some bad mothers or something some some bad guys he uh-huh. said he wouldn't want to mess with them but yet he was working with them to build a golf league so people are like you know what what in the world is going on and we see in the world right now um what in the world's going on so phil put his foot so far down his mouth and now the question is He's losing his sponsorships. You know, he has a track record. He's apparently always been, you know, the PGA Tour insiders are finally saying we're getting to see the real Phil Mickelson. While he's beloved and people loved him, it sounds like behind the scenes he lived a very interesting life. I mean, we knew he was already a gambler. He was a huge gambler, millions and millions of dollars. Um, But it just sounds like he's also been a pretty – a few years ago he blew up – cat out of the bag with Tom Watson was the Ryder Cup captain, threw him under the bus. Oh, yeah, I saw about that. Yeah, yeah. you know, so it sounds like this this persona that we've seen of Phil Mickelson, as a lot of athletes are, they put one thing out there for the people and everyone falls in love, but deep down inside they have this hidden, like everyone does in their life, um, a little hidden, you know, secret, and it sounds like he really wasn't as genuine as a man as he perceived, as people perceived him to be out on the yeah. golf course. I mean, I'd be a pretty happy man if I was making millions of dollars, too. I'd probably be in a better mood. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, obviously, as you lose your sponsorships, Callaway last night said they're going to take a hiatus from Phil for a while now, too. It just seems like the legacy of Phil Mickelson, he'll always be Phil. And there are people who I th- I really believe they're still 50% of the golf world fans and have no idea that this is even going on. I think you really have to be a diehard golfer to understand it. But, um his legacy has been tarnished. Well, I just think if I think what sucks for him is he he's at an age where I mean Phil's always going to be Phil, but I don't think he's going to be able to right the ship with the way it's going now. I mean, if it was ten years ago, obviously he would have had a, plenty of time to fix it and and you know um, you know put right. fix his legacy, I guess, and and make it look good at the end and make people think about the good times. Where now I feel like he's just kind of, this is what the the last thing that you're going to remember about Phil Mickelson. And now, of course, he ended his letter with um, he's taking some time off to yeah. recoup mentally with his family. You know, it's what, again, all the athletes do when they yeah. make a mistake. They use the old family, I need a break. and So it's a shame. Um, it sounds like some of the golfers, um, most, I would say, 90% of the golfers that came out I don't think ever thought about it. We're completely supportive of it. 
But I think there might have been a few. Dustin Johnson, Xander Shawfleys, who Bryson DeChambeau's that I think had said to Phil Mickelson, I, I think this will come out one day. We would go, and now that they find out what's going on, I saw a great tweet the other day about Dustin Johnson, who who's played in Saudi Arabia the last two years. Um, he obviously is an Adidas guy, but I, I can't think of it. I wish I would have saved the tweet. Had a logo on his sleeve, you know, last oh, year. Emirates? Yeah, well, before, no, 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 it wasn't Emirates. I can't think what it was. Um, and now, obviously, after he played in Saudi Arabia, now this year it's gone. So I think slowly but surely um, the golf world is starting to fill it up. But I think Dustin Johnson was definitely one of those guys. And, I, again, I think it was Xander Shoffley that put out the big, long write-up. He said it's finally time. It sounds like he was one of the guys going, too. And, of course, some kind of, again, when I say older, I just mean in terms of career-wise on the European tour, the Ian Poulters, the Lee Westwoods, um, and then the crazy thing that came out this week, too, was that um, even though it was going to be the Saudi tour, they really weren't going to play much in Saudi Arabia. They were actually going to play around the world on, guess what, on Donald Trump's golf courses. Uh, <laughs> so, anyways, if the thing couldn't get any more um, disheveled, it is. But there's been huge golf support from a lot of the biggest names in golf that the PGA Tour is the best tour out there and does what they need to. Well, so. if I'm a PGA Tour, I mean, if they want to go play that... I mean, I know you don't want to lose some of your top assets, the names and stuff like that, but there's going to be plenty of guys that will fill those spots. And it if they sounds, want to leave, they leave. It sounds like the biggest issue that Trump and these guys Let them find were, out how the grass isn't greener. Yeah, that they were going to be suspended, and now Greg Norman said he's, you know, going to take them to court and that this is just the beginning. Um, I, I don't know. It sounds like the golf world. It's amazing, the golf world. It's hard for them to kind of get the viewership and everything anyways, and the support mm-hmm. is kind of like in this, I don't know, like, again, a coup. Uh, <laughs> so it's just kind of interesting. So anyway, so the Phil Mickelson thing, his legacy, I think, is tarnished. It's going to be interesting to see um, where that comes from. Now, last Saturday, right after the podcast that we recorded, Tiger Woods was on TV, and he says 100% he is coming back. Well, he, he kind of He's gonna said play. it a long time ago, kind of like he was going to play like, uh, ben Hogan, at the end of his career, he's going to pick and choose, and I mean, he's Tiger Woods, he can do whatever the hell he wants. Yeah, so I, so, I don't think the PGA Tour is going to have any trouble with Focus on the five, six tournaments a summer, a year, and I mean, hopefully That's the he thing, plays though. well. Can he win? He's only going to play in select tournaments. We probably could sit here, and maybe mm-hmm. in the next couple of weeks, we could probably list the ones that he would play in. I think we can probably do it right the now. The toughest golf courses in the world he'll do. be doing, and um, against the best fields, what what do you think a Tiger win, no matter where it would be at, if it was in a major or just a regular tournament, I mean, where do you think that maybe would rank in terms of, of sports I mean, stories? I think it would be right up there when he won the 2019 Masters. I mean, and I think it would just unite the whole golf world. I think it would be one of the best stories ever. The problem I think, is golf can't lose him because he's well, still yeah. the only person yeah, that moves the, the he's needle. The, he's the, oh, yeah. I mean, he's the man that made golf the way it is. I mean, I'm a huge Tiger Woods fan, but I don't. I think any fan of any fan of golf knows Tiger Woods is golf. Yeah, I mean his prime was so long ago, really. But yet, if you talk to pe- kids today, and I'm around kids all the time, when they hear that I golf, they're like, "Do you want to golf like Tiger Woods?" I mean, these kids are just six, seven, eight, nine, ten years old, but they know Tiger Woods. So he mm-hmm. is the needle mover in in golf, and I think just him playing in six or seven tournaments of the year 
would make the golf world go crazy. Well, yeah, I mean, it's just going to... Sports world, I should yeah, say. Yeah, I mean, it's just going to... It's going to even excite people more because they don't get to see it as often. When he came back for 2018 and 2019 after those injuries, I mean, people were stoked to watch him. Now it, you're going to see less of him, and the demand's just going to keep going higher. I mean, less supply, more demand. I mean, I think the, the ratings when he plays are just... I mean, obviously, they're already high when he plays... I think it's going to even be bigger when he plays now just because there's less to see of him. And it's going to be the biggest tournaments he's going to choose to play in, obviously. And I, I don't think there's any reason why he couldn't win still. I don't. Right. I mean, I understand he went through the, whatever he went through. And, you know, obviously it's a pretty tough time to get through it all. But, I mean, you saw him play in the PNC. I mean, people didn't act like he was struggling. I mean, Well, what did he tell Jim Nance? Jim Nance said something to him. You know, can you still do this? Can you do that? And he looked at Jim Nance and said, what? Well, did you see me play in December? Yeah. I mean, the man feels like he can win. And he's just giving himself more time to keep getting better and stronger. And, I mean, I think the thing that was nice to see was, I mean, we all know Tiger's got great touch and his irons are, you know, he's Tiger Woods and he's the greatest iron player of all time. But he hit the driver well. He looked comf- comfortable with the driver in his hands and. December. And I and think he's just admitting his short game is probably as good as ever because that's all he's doing. Yeah, so. I mean... He's always going to have that. And again, he's going to play courses that he knows. I mean, and I think that helps a lot. Yeah. He said, you know, in two weeks he's getting enshrined into the Hall of Fame finally. Um, it's crazy to think he's not technically in the Hall of Fame, but in two weeks he's going to be at the Players' Championship. They're going to enshrine him finally into the Hall of Fame. Um, good place. If you love golf, go there. Um, and then he's, he said he will be at the Masters, probably playing the Par 3, probably not ready yet to play, but... Everyone says he's going to play probably in the Open Championship because it's St. Andrews. It's a flat golf course. We know he's still worrying about how much he can walk a golf course, and that would be probably the easiest walking course you can have. Now, the weather could be the X factor there because you don't know what you're going to get. It's going to be cold probably, and I don't know how that works with all his body parts that are injured. But um, So I, I, I think before this year ends, he's going to play. I don't know where. I don't know when, but... I, uh, I mean, I definitely, I, I'd put my life on the fact that he's, he's going to play somewhere. So I can't imagine he wouldn't. I mean, he did that in December. Why can't he do that? For, I mean, he got four months. I don't understand. I can't believe he can even play the Masters, to be honest with you. I don't know. It just looks, he looks as happy as he's ever been. He talks well, more think, to the media than ever. Yeah. Um, Tiger Woods is a completely is, changed person after he went through all he went through. I think he's grateful just to be able to play golf and, and have his son play golf. And I mean, you can tell he's just a different person. He, and yeah. I feel like, Phil Mickelson had some issues not too long ago when he played up here in Detroit. I think that might have been two years ago when all these gambling things came out and Tiger kind of started playing good again. And I think Tiger kind of likes to see Phil down and out. Makes him feel good. (laughs) So I think he's probably a happy person um, to see that. But um, again, they they got an odd relationship. Mm -hmm. I think they respect each other. Well, I think they have a better relationship now than they did when they were a little younger. I think but they were competitors. I think we probably know why there were issues. I mean, it's it's. Well, I mean, things. when you're Phil Mickelson and you know you're you're chasing Tiger Woods. I mean, obviously I'm a Tiger Woods fan, but I mean, it's it's not something to be ashamed of to be second to Tiger Woods. Nope. I mean, but it'd be it'd be kind of in the, the not the limelight, be in the, the shadow. Like these athletes have. Well, yeah. I mean, obviously Phil's ego and his, and his. Personality has come to light a lot more in the last couple of years. He's always him. His mouth is always open. He's saying something about hitting ding, or, uh, big drives, hitting at three hundred and fifty yards or whatever. So I mean, he's just a chicks did the long ball, right? Yep, 
Yeah, so that's, that's so probably I mean, what he's going with. Yeah, I mean that's just what he <laughs> he just uh, yeah he just talks more than I feel like he ever did. All right, so there's our golf talk. We've got the Players Championship coming up in a couple of weeks. Kind of golf's first. Um, it's not a major, but it is kind of the first one where we're going to get to see the best names in the world on a golf course that we just played last year. So we'll have some fun talking about that in a couple of weeks too. Um, and like I said, we'll talk about Tiger being inducted into the Hall of Fame. It's kind of a cool thing. Um, again, not that he's not a Hall of Famer already, yeah. but just the whole idea of it. Already um, Hall of Famer. And we'll talk about our ago. trip to the Golf Hall of Fame. It's a good place for people if they want to go. Um, college basketball, here we go. So one week left in the regular season. It ends next Sunday with Ohio State and Michigan playing in Columbus. Um, we're ready to go with, with March Madness, and it's going to be, obviously, it's always fun. We got to talk about it for a minute because we're obviously huge Ohio State Michigan fans. Last Sunday, Juwan Howard and the whole Wisconsin thing. People have had a chance now. You know, again, everybody has probably what we would have said Sunday night would be different than what we'd say Monday night, be different than what we say today. But um, obviously, you as the Michigan fan, you heard a lot from people, I'm sure, and everybody reminding you about what happened. But um, Juwan Howard obviously got angry about some basketball plays. I mean, I think that part of it's kind of stupid. Um, and um, just decided to um, give a little hand slap to somebody. So mm -hmm. what was your take on the whole situation? Well, I wasn't aware that it happened at first. I got a text from my uncle about, like, what do you – he asked me about what happened and, like, do you think Juwan should still be a coach? And I was like – I just thought he was talking about X and O's. Like, do, you th do I think he's a good coach? And I was like, I mean, definitely been frustrated sometimes this year. And then you texted me about, like, what happened? And I'm like, I have no idea what you guys are talking about. I turned the game off because I was so just uh, so dissatisfied with the performance. I didn't want to watch it anymore. And uh, and then I saw the video. And, I mean, initially it's something that I think is inexcusable. And, I mean, there's just no – there's nothing to say as a Michigan fan that makes it okay what he did. But I think there's a lot more to the story than – people think but at the same time i mean there's never an excuse to act like that uh yeah you I have mean, to be a professional and the thing is obviously as the leader of the team he's got to show mm -hmm. a better overall demeanor but as you and i talked about this weekend at the gym i mean there's some college basketball coaches that have well, yeah i mean mark few drives drunk and will wade pays players before and, and it's on record and i yeah. mean there's so many more coaches that do so many crappy things that it's but, just that this one probably, again, we talk about, unfortunately, again, the physicalness of the world, kids watching. Again, I deal with it just about every day at my work. A kid walks by somebody and they accidentally hit each other. They want to fight, it seems like, in this world, this day and age with everyone's mentality. Again, so it was just one of those things. He obviously, this is not Juwan Howard's first Issue, you know, he's going to apparently kill the what the Maryland. Well, coach. he's just an intense guy. He's a competitor from top to bottom, and I mean, people acted like, is it going to affect his recruiting? And I mean, right after it was announced that he was suspended for the rest of the regular season, a top fifty recruit put on his, his like Instagram story, "Free Jawan." So I mean, I don't think. Yeah, I don't think that's recruiting going to be affected. I, I think kids go where kids want to go, but I I do think he probably has had a nice conversation with the AD that he's going to be probably, unfortunately, you know, it's, it's like, again, being a teacher, you kind of got the eye on the kid who's always getting in trouble. It seems like, I mean, he's going to be watching out his every move and he probably just needs to be a little careful because unfortunately now he's kind of marked as the coach mm -hmm. who whatever, but, um, I mean, if you look at it though, 
I'm not trying, like I said, I'm not trying to make an excuse because obviously it doesn't matter what he did is is inexcusable and he shouldn't have done that. But I think it was just him kind of not like protecting his player, but like that other co- the coach that he slapped was like shoving the Michigan players, and I mean obviously he didn't get suspended for it, but Jawan obviously should have done better with it all. But I mean, yeah, it was a again, it was a bad scene. It looked bad um, for college basketball. And- I mean, I, I think the people that were in Juwan's corner are still in Juwan's corner, and the people that yeah. didn't like don't like Michigan just had to say something just because they want to talk more about their rivals to be fired. I mean, that was ridiculous. I mean, at was, first, I, I thought when I before I watched the video, I mean, not before I watched it, but before I got to learn more about it, I, I thought it was a thing where you know he's he's definitely going to have some work to do to fix his you know image and yeah. stuff like that. But I don't know about I I just think. Obviously, me being a Michigan fan, I've read a lot of stories about administration and AD and from top to bottom where they uh, definitely would don't sound like people you'd really want to work for. But um, I'm just – that's all, I guess, is yeah. all I was going to say. Mean, at being just, a, in the end, the bottom line is he just – as the leader of the major university like the University of Michigan, he needs to do better. Oh, well, yeah, I completely but, agree with that. Um, I think we also – could could go down the list and again not that it's an excuse because there's you know it's like well they do it so i can do it no but again i think you put everything in perspective he needs to do better all these coaches need to do better because they are setting the example not just for their players but for the kids who are watching on tv too because unfortunately that was replayed Mm -hmm. thousands of times on the local news on the main news and just turned into this horrific story and if you're a kid you're only watching I mean, how many times did they show that slap? If we had a dollar for every time they showed that slap that he tried to do, mm-hmm. I mean, we would be retired. So, again, it's just one of those things. But when you get back to the meat of it, Michigan um, got a huge win the other day. Um, they got a. I thought it was an impressive win. I mean, I thought that we're talking about the actual substance that they did. But, I mean, without Juwan, without Diabate, and without Williams. And beat Rutgers, a pretty good team that was at full strength. I was. Yeah. I thought that Ron Harper was hurt, though. I guess he's not hurt. Yeah. I thought he had some hand injury. It must not have been actually much of an a injury, though. One, yeah. yeah, I thought it was a serious. I thought he was going to miss like the regular season. But I mean, I, I was impressed with the way they played. They just came out and played solid. I mean, they're not a great team, but they're a solid team. Got and, a tough game Sunday though against yeah, Illinois. Yeah, that'll be lost to Ohio State. If they can fired up, and well, if they can win that, it's going to be a huge win. We're going to see them play State up in in, in Ann Arbor, so that'll yeah, be interesting. That'll be a huge so, game too, so, but in the whole world of college basketball, we are obviously, like we said, a week away. From everything that's going on, we um, got some really interesting storylines. As we, as I was just mentioning to you, next week's Coach K's final game at Cameron Indoor against North what, Carolina. It's be weird watching a UNC game and a Duke game and not seeing Roy Williams or Mike Shelby. <laughs> yeah. Not that I am saying that they. It's just going to be weird. It's going to be very odd. I'm not, like, a fan of either team. I'm a basketball fan, fan, but but, it's odd. Whether, you know, Coach K is just one of those figures that people love him or they don't like him just because of the success that he's had at Duke. But in the end, I mean, I think you're not going to find many issues with Coach K in terms of, I think, you know, we talked about skeletons in the closet. I think the man has a reputation that he has. You know, yeah, he's I agree with that. Stories. I, mean, I think there's some... He's been a role model for college basketball. I think the people that don't like him, I don't care what you tell them, they just are going to stay there. They're going to stay the same way that they were. I, I I don't remember what I was watching. I think there was some type of, like, documentary about him with, like, 30 for 30, and it said something about how when he started at Duke, 
it was like maybe his third or fourth season they had a loss and they had lost by like 40 or not 40 but they had lost they had an embarrassing loss and it was kind of almost an embarrassing season when he started he was obviously really young at the time and they talked about how like they went out for drinks afterwards and the coaches said to drinking to a night that night to forget and he said like F that, like, this is a night I'm never going to forget because it will never happen again. And right. I just think it speaks volumes as to him as a, a person and a, as a, a leader that, I mean, he's definitely a guy that was going to work harder than everyone. Yeah, I think he's leaving at the right time because I just think the world of college basketball and the players and everything have changed. Where well, yeah. It's t- probably time for him to go out now. Well, yeah, he's been doing um, it for so long. He's. I mean, I don't think he wants to be Jim Beheim when he left. He's leaving. He's going to leave way after he should yeah. have. But college basketball is not going to be better with him gone. I mean, yeah. college basketball is better with him. So yeah. um, that's going to be an emotional scene next Saturday night. Um, again, everybody kind of knows him. It doesn't matter where you are. You hear the name Coach K. The everyday fan knows him. So yeah. that'll be interesting I mean, as well. And He's um, built a crazy culture and tradition at, at that university. Yeah, I mean, let's be honest with you. Duke obviously is... Uh, just the university itself is on the on the stage because of basketball, yeah. because of what. He's Without done. question, I mean, I mean, he's they owe him. Yeah, they owe him we, a lot yeah. because it's um, they owe him a lot more than he's ever going to get. Yeah. Now there's a lot going on behind the scenes that yeah. about who became the head coach and all that kind of stuff. That again, you can go on social media and see all those wild stories and kind of makes you wonder what was really going on behind the scenes. But again. As far as we know, it's like him like, controlling who's going to be the next coach. Or something. Yeah, and well, he might former I mean, players wanting it, and yeah. him not wanting former players to have it, and uh, I don't know, just one of those odd things. So um, again, though, a, a man that I think has a pretty unbelievable record, yeah. and I mean, I'm not rooting for Duke to win the national championship, but I'll tell you what, if they I'd did win away, that, uh, send him off. if he won that tournament and uh, they sang one shining moment with him as the champion, I mean, it would be kind of, it would be truly another storybook yeah, ending. So. Um, but there's definitely some some a lot to play out over the next week. Got to start looking at those Cinderellas. I've been wa- reading everybody. Sounds like Murray State's going to be the team. I was talking last night with somebody that I've been looking at all the um, things out there. Murray State's going to be one team that people are going to have to look out for. And um, I saw in a bunch of brackets, everyone's got Toledo winning the MAC and playing Ohio State or Illinois as a. 12 seed already and i'm like oh please don't do yeah, that yeah don't 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 do that before to somebody. Why, but i'm not only that but if toledo does make it don't put them up against a big 10 school right off the bat it's like they do it purposely put them up against one of these other schools don't put them up against ohio state please well, i wouldn't want to play them don't put them up against ohio that, state it's a well they're a good team no i agree so, i mean but i, I just am saying i think again it would be fun to see them play somebody who's not within the region. Well, yeah, I mean, it would be nice to see them play somebody that you would. I mean, because they, I mean, they don't really play uh, many Big Ten teams, but I mean, they played Michigan State this year. They played Michigan last year. Well, there are teams that they can. They're going to play Wisconsin, Illinois, Ohio State, yeah. somewhere probably in that five-four seed. And why put Toledo up against them right off the bat? I mean, just put them up against Texas Tech. Put them up well, against. I don't see why they wouldn't be eleven seed. Well, they could be. I think they absolutely could be. I just think it's. You watch the brackets. They're going to put if Toledo somehow does get into the tournament, they're going to put them up against one of the Big Ten schools right off the bat. And I just think that's, I think that's stupid of the committee. It's like I don't know, but anyway. So I've been looking at some of those brackets, and like I said, Murray State's going to be a team nobody wants to play. They're they're just. Um, they're, they they got a good team. They had a good team a few years ago if they pulled a couple upsets. But 
Um, so we got a lot of things to look forward to. And next week at this time, we'll kind of have the, the conferences settled and, and where everything's going. But um, the, the bubble watch is on. It's going to be fun to see what happens as we get closer to that. And our last topic, we got to bring college football back into the equation because they announced this not too long ago, and we really haven't had a chance to talk on it as huge college football fans. But no expansion. We're going to stick with the four-team playoff through the rest of the TV contract era. Um, and um, I think everybody got excited that they were going to um, – Expand. That's the way they made it sound. Well, they, made, yeah, they made it sound like they were going to expand it. There was good chances of it. And then they said something about how if they can't do it this year, they can't do it till like 2025 or something like that. Yeah. And so I don't talking understand about a killer. why. Yeah. Now in the news that came out. Why, why the college football, something that would grow the sport, number one, bowl games have. Absolutely. I mean, just the more games sleep. you play, the more money you make, the more the more fans you're going to have. I and mean, it's most just, importantly, players want to play for championships. Yeah, they want to play and those games. They don't care about the bowl games. Even the be- the biggest bowl games, they don't play, care anymore. And I don't blame them. I mean, why would you well, put your... I was thinking about this. you got Ohio State Notre Dame playing the first game of the year. If one of those two teams, whichever team loses that game, because yeah. one of them's going to lose. Mm-hmm. I mean, not that the season's technically over. Yeah, but, but it puts it a real is. damper on the season. And, and I mean, you, right away, these players are thinking, I don't even have a chance to win a championship anymore. What's, you know, I'm not going to get injured. I mean, I hate to say it, but it's them. It's about mm-hmm. the players. They they deserve this money. They deserve a chance to play in the NFL. And if they don't have a chance to win a championship in college football, then they shouldn't have to be out there playing yeah. and, and ruining their bodies and risking injury when they're going to play in the NFL. So, again, they had a chance to grow the sport. And now, with that being said, do I think in college football there's enough parity that the 12th team in the country has a chance to win the national championship? No. Truthfully, I don't. I mean, if you look at the college football well, they playoff. they spend it that far? Well, no. I mean, 8 or 12 teams, uh, however many they're going to. But I'm just saying, if you look at the, the college football, and maybe we should pull this up the next time and look at the semifinal games, they've a lot of them have been blown out. I mean, they have not even been close games in all the years. Mm-hmm. Um, so you, you, people say, how big would the blowout be? At least one, one, yeah. one, of the, one of the semis has been a blowout. But it just it's, it's fun, especially if they were going to, um, you know, maybe play the first-round games at home. You know, everyone's been on Ohio State for the past. Gene Smith came out and said Ohio State wouldn't play a— wouldn't play a game in Ohio Stadium in December. They would make, you know, they'd go to Indianapolis to play, and everyone's like, here's Ohio State in this, not wanting to play outside. But that would be fun to see Alabama come. Well, I mean, to, you're talking about Columbus a, in they get a home field advantage just because, I mean, you think about it this last year. I mean, I'm a Michigan fan, but Georgia was a lot closer to uh, Florida than Michigan was. So, I mean, I think it's just, well, they, I mean, they have to play the game south or they have to play them in the, in the inside somewhere. Well, yeah. So I mean, I think the elements play a role in it. And, yeah. and you have to adjust your game just like It seems like we ball. cater to the, the south and we don't care to the northern teams. Yeah. I mean, we just... We cater to the SEC country. Everything changes. You have to do things differently. So it's kind of interesting. So, unfortunately, they had a chance to grow the game. It's not going to grow right now. And um, we're probably going to get stuck with some of the same. And the Big Ten was one of the conferences that voted it down. The Big Ten, the Pac-12, who never has a team in the playoff, really. Uh, and I think it was the biggie, I don't know what it is, the ACC was the other school. Um, and they probably don't because in the end, they know they're going to get Clemson in every year. And it's yeah. like, well, why, why risk it? So um, just one of those things that they had a chance to grow the game, the sport that I still love more than any other sport that I think is the most exciting week in and week out. 
Now, don't get me wrong. March Madness is something completely different for a month. But year in and year out, every game counts to me. College football, by far, um, reaches it. And they could have really, I think, opened it up to a lot of new teams and given players a chance to win a championship. And I guess we're going to have to wait another four. We'll be lucky if we're alive in four years, probably. <laughs> so, I mean, that's never going to happen. We'll see the day first. Yeah. So, anyway, so disappointing to see. And um, maybe one day, I don't know, one day they'll, they'll, they'll get it figured out. So They have to write it. I mean, I just can't believe they wouldn't do that. I mean, if you're, if you're a businessman or a business person, I should say, how could you be that stupid not to want more teams in there to get more games and get more fans? I don't get it. It's I mean, it's just the way it works. I mean, yeah, you no, get those, and those are highly anticipated games, and you build it up for so long. I don't. I don't know if I don't. I honestly would be more of a fan of like six and the top two get a buy, and you just have uh, right. it go from there. And then you got the semis, and then the national championship. And the thing that was all over social media on Thursday and Friday was the fact that college football attendance is the lowest that it's ever been in so many years. And I mean, I saw that tweet for the last two days constantly. So, again, I thought some of that was probably because of the pandemic and the fact that we had yeah. number two. But number two, I mean, I say for yeah, Ohio State, some, as a Ohio State fan, they, haven't, they can't sell out games anymore, number one. But to me, that's just because of ticket prices. I, yeah, mean, I don't so, think it's because so high. Ohio State fans wouldn't want to go see an Ohio State game. Because, believe me, uh, even if they're playing, can we say Little Sisters of the Poor? Remember when someone said that? But, I mean, if they're playing whoever, yeah. um, people want to see it, but right, those, they're those, not going to pay. Those big fan bases aren't going to have well, we were talking about thousand fans no matter what. We were talking about it last week. We went skiing, and it was $118. If you got a family of four, yeah. you're paying $600. Yeah, you're paying $118 <laughs> for a ticket, for a crap ticket. Right. So who wants to see if you got that? four, or even if you just have two, I mean, it's 250 bucks, and then... If you you know you get food and drinks and it's just a whole day and it's it's an expensive day. Yeah, so it's just a shame. It, it's it fun, to but the span and it, it didn't expensive. didn't happen. So anyway, so we'll be back next week. We got better wrap it up. Got a good podcast here. We will wrap it up and of course we'll be back talking sports better than most next week.